0: Hey, everybody. Just a couple quick things before we get to this very special episode of Go Fact Yourself.
1: We'll be back for a live audience show with LAist slash KPCC in Pasadena on Saturday, August 12th at 7 p.m. with special guests to be announced.
0: And our special mini episode with two of our listeners playing games will be available in our bonus content feed later this month.
1: And we're still waiting to hear from two of our listeners who won the opportunity to sit in on a Zoom recording... If you are Giovanni S. or Diana H., please contact us through our website, GoFactYourPod.com, so we can get you scheduled.
0: That's it. And now, here's Helen and, eventually, me.
1: Are you a real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well actually. Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we quiz the smartest people we know and find out why they love what they love. I'm Helen Hong. And now, recording remotely from our homes in Los Angeles, here's our moderator, Jake Keith Van Stratton.
0: Thank you so much, Helen. Wonderful to see you.
1: Nice to see you, J. Keith.
0: Uh, now, some of our listeners will know that you had to miss a show a few episodes ago because Ugh. you were ill and people have been asking, how are you doing? Are you all better?
1: I am not all better. It's no. unbelievable. These Baby, daycare diseases just can't stop, won't stop. So when I missed the show, tragically, I had a like a respiratory infection, which has now become a sinus infection, which is an antibiotic-resistant sinus infection that I've had for four weeks and counting.
0: Oh, no. That's terrible. I used to get sinus infections a few times a year, especially when I was traveling a lot. And, yeah, uh, uh, there was nothing to do except take— antibiotics. And if I couldn't do that, I don't know what I would have done. I would have just suffered. I
1: I took the antibiotics. I took 10 days of antibiotics. I felt sort of better. And then I stopped Mm -hmm. the antibiotics and all my symptoms came back. So I have a a super bug inside my face. Thank you. Thank you, baby. Now,
0: uh, have you done the thing where they uh, have you gotten scans and things where they stick cameras up you and all that stuff? Yes.
1: I uh, got a CT scan of my sinuses. And, (laughs) uh, you know, the very complicated medical term was you got mucus up there. And I yeah. was like, wow, <laughs> wow, thank you, Medi-
0: How you know, did thank- that get there? Thank you,
1: modern medicine. Yeah. And so I actually have an appointment to see an ear, nose, and throat specialist tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's going to stick a camera up my nose, which I don't – it doesn't sound like a fun time.
0: Yeah. I've done that uh, once before, and I have one recommendation, if I may. Uh, don't watch.
1: <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> oh.
0: I know you love seeing yourself on TV, but Helen <laughs> –
1: not in that way. Not yeah, in that
0: I d- way. Yeah, I did, I, did, I did not enjoy that.
1: <laughs> I like seeing my face, but not the inside of my
0: face. <laughs> not the inside of the face, yeah. <laughs> all right, well, I'm sure I speak for all of our listeners when I say uh, good luck with that, and we hope that you uh, find a solution to that. Thanks. And for now, today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they may not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics, and finally we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guest. Helen, who is up first?
1: She is a comedian, actress, writer, and yadinji woman. It's Steph
2: Tisdell.
0: Hello, Steph Tisdell. G'day. How you doing? Very, very well. So nice to meet you. Well, let's start with uh, what Helen said, calling you a you dingy woman. Some of our listeners, especially in the States, might not know what that means. What does that mean?
1: I know. I, I Have I inadvertently offended you? It, it sounds offensive <laughs>
2: somehow. A little bit. No, no, not at all. Aboriginal people in Australia, we all come from different nations. Um, so there's about 500 nations that make up the Aboriginal population in Australia And my nation is the Yulingi nation. It's uh, similar to like Cherokee or, you know, similar to saying Mm -hmm. something like that.
0: I was curious to read that uh, you said that you were so scared to mention your heritage on stage in case it caused controversy when you first started. Why was that? And and how did you get through that? Because obviously it's something you're very proud of and vocal about now.
2: I just had this real fear that I was going to cop racism or racist heckles because that's kind of what Australia's like a bit oh no yeah especially when I started like it's actually crazy how much things have changed in the last 10 years massively in Australia like being an outspoken Aboriginal person does open you up to all sorts of conversations and opinions that people really shouldn't say or don't really know much about but then I kind of realized that that was a perfect reason to talk about it was, <laughs> you know, because people don't know and because of the fact that people are ignorant. So yeah, um, I just had to grow up and get over myself, really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You've described the you people as the funniest race in the world. What did you mean by that?
2: I kind of feel like that about like First Nations people all over the world, right? Like, it, I mean, from what I know, cause it's just that old thing of like, you know, you laugh at tragedy, I guess. Like mm. there are conversations that I can have with my own people that, it's it's funny for us and then you say it anywhere else mm. and everyone else is like that is shocking i cannot believe you just said that
0: <laughs> helen is laughing in recognition
2: aghast oh my god i mean i went to a i went to a funeral recently and we spent the whole funeral was like full of laughter you know mm. because that's what you do that's how you bond and we just take the piss and kind of i think that's kind of a, a like for like thing yeah. Uh,
0: you're also working to improve opportunities for Aboriginal performers in other ways. Uh, tell us about this TV show that I saw that you're developing.
2: Basically for, for Black Fellows, and that's what we call ourselves in Australia, for Black Fellows, like there's just not a lot of opportunities because it's that whole thing of if you don't have enough representation, if you can't see yourself in those positions, then it's really hard to pursue them, especially if they're not standard courses. So mm-hmm. I'm working on a developing a show at the moment, looking to train up Aboriginal stunt people at the moment there's a lot of aboriginal content that's going on on our screens and stuff like that and um there's very few stunties, like Aboriginal stunties in
1: Australia. Oh, wow. It's like, it's not something that I would automatically think to be like, oh, we need w- more representation in this area. But you're right. Like, if there is more TV and movies happening, like there's always more stunt pe- stunt performers needed. Yeah, and, and I just
0: love that you call them stunties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> is the show actually, fol- is it like a competition show or you're or you're just the docu follow
2: or you're just following like we're still waiting on the final sign off Mm -hmm. on it and final commissioning but we've we've been developing it Uh, it would be i guess half documentary half reality
0: outstanding Uh,
2: it's not a competition i'll be hosting it and all of that sort of thing it was my concept i've written it you know all of that i mean it was funny because i was saying to them i don't want to be doing these stunts they said well if you want to encourage Others, maybe you're going to have to yeah. sometime. Went, so this
0: really is self-preservation as well for you.
2: My this God, is, I yeah. don't want to be jumping. I said, get, get one of these stunties to be my stuntie. Like, I don't want to be jumping off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we're so happy that you jumped into our show today. Thank you so much for joining us, Steph Tisdell. Thank you. Helen, against whom will Steph be competing?
1: He is a comedian and reality TV star, proud father, husband, and beer-a-pie man. It's Andy Saunders.
3: Hello, Andy Saunders. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for choosing me.
0: Oh, my pleasure. It's all about choice. Excellent. Well, uh, we talked about Steph's Aboriginal heritage. Uh, Helen mentioned yours. Did Helen get that pronunciation correct? Yes, Yes. you did it absolutely perfect.
1: Oh, thank goodness, because I have never said that word before in my life. (laughs) I want you to
0: Use
3: it every day for the next at least five years.
1: Uh, believe me, now that I know I'm saying it correctly, I'm going to sandwich in it in, in like inappropriate moments. I'm going to a- be anything like, with beer
0: that- and pie. I'm in, so this is fantastic. <laughs> now you and Steph have a lot in common aside from being comedians with Aboriginal heritage. You two actually have worked together on different shows. Steph has called you a guide, a mentor, and an uncle. Uh, what is Steph like as a, I guess, follower and mentee? And miss.
3: She is an amazing comedian. She's a great storyteller and she's awesome company. I heard Steph mentioning, you know, we laugh at struggle. Struggle is like, um, how diamonds are made and you sort of see the, you see the gold in all of the struggle. And that's why we laugh at our own struggle because that's how we've survived. Mm -hmm. And we're the oldest surviving culture in history.
0: Congratulations? Uh, yes, thank that, you. Okay, I Look, wasn't sure if that's appropriate.
3: Jake, no one's ever congratulated <laughs> us for that. But, but, but we've finally got one, and it's, and it's good to have it.
0: And I'm sure from a white American, it means more than it possibly could from anyone else. You are known not just for your work in comedy, but for your work in reality TV. You and your wife, Deb, are on a wonderful show called The Block. And for American listeners who don't know, if I have it right, uh, that's where couples compete against each other to rent. Innovate and style a home, and then uh, compete to sell it at the highest price.
3: The block was hard. It was 104 days with no days off at an average of 20 hours physical labor a day. Oh
0: my God!
3: What? In the first three weeks, I lost yeah. 17 kilo. It Whoa. was ridiculous. I remember on my pedometer, I went up and down scaffold in one day. It was eighteen kilometers. It oh. was it was huge. You know, it's safe to say it was physically very difficult. Mm-hmm. But you're um, not allowed in, to have
1: any help. Like you're you're doing all the drilling and the hammering and the everything yourself.
3: Yeah, well, you know, anything that we didn't need qualification for, like plumbing or or electrical work, yeah,
0: we could do. And that would be a very a, short season if they allowed regular people to do the electricity I think
3: yeah yeah I think I think it'd be first day maybe yeah. second day. <laughs> but can I tell you something right now Please. great tv great yeah. tv
0: it gets huge ratings um and I'm curious what's it like being recognized from being on the block compared to being recognized for your comedy
3: it was amazing and you know your you as your profile goes up your your ego goes up I loved it because I love mm-hmm. attention you know and your peripherals <laughs> get bigger like I can see you guys right now. My profiles wow. are
0: huge. A- Andy right? just completely turned around and still was able yeah, to see us.
3: People say the darndest things. I use darndest because I know Americans understand that word. Um, they come up to you and they say some uh, pretty funny stuff. I remember I was in a cafe. I could see out of the corner of my eye, this guy noticed me, and I was like, yes, someone's going to have a, have a conversation with me about me, my favorite subject. And um. <laughs> Uh, they walked up to me and before they got right to me, they said, hey, you look like the guy that, and I looked up and I interrupted him. And I said, yeah, I'm the guy that's on the block. My name's Andy Saunders. Glad to meet you, mate. And he said, no, the guy that stole my bike, I was shocked. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hey, that's racial profiling, you know, you suggesting we all look the same, blah, blah, blah. And, and he walked away with his tail between his legs and he apologized and I felt sorry for him and but that's stuff you got to put up with as a black um, celebrity in this country. Anyway, I love that bike. But that's not
2: the, <laughs> that's not the point. Uh, Boom, bam, Just twist. not the point.
0: Not the point. That also led to your own design show that you and your wife do called Deb and Andy DNA of Design, uh, which people can yeah. watch on YouTube. It's really cool. I recommend people check it out. You guys have a really nice eye and you work so well together.
3: It's all dead. She's the designer.
0: I I, I bring the jokes. Okay. That's it. (laughs) We're so happy that you're bringing the jokes and everything else today. Thanks for being here, Andy Saunders. Thank you. Pleasure. Can
2: I just butt in and say, Jay Keith and Helen, Deb and Andy are the most beautiful couple in the world because that that show, The Block, right, it's funny. They – they make them cry. Like, you know, they, they, it's, they work them to the bone. I always, whenever I watch those shows, they go, oh, look at that, that's so fake. That's just for cameras. Mm-hmm. It's not. They are the most beautiful, loving couple you've ever come across.
3: You're so sweet.
2: You are that's so you. lovely.
0: Yeah, we're going to cut that, but it's very, very nice of you to <laughs> <so>. uh, say. <laughs> All right, Steph and Andy, we asked each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you have some expertise. Steph, you said that you know and love orchids parrots, and Dr. Phil, okay? Whereas, Andy, you said you know and love surfing, the movie Avatar, and time travel. Later on, we're going to ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics, but first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. Now, if either of you gives an incorrect or incomplete answer, the other person has a chance to steal. Your topic today, pool cue. Pool cue. First up in pool queue is Steph. Steph, your question comes from a listener. Who is it, Helen?
1: I will let them tell you themselves because we have a listener recording. Listeners, if you'd like to submit a suggestion for our What's the Difference round, go to GoFactYourPod.com and click on Get Involved. Okay, play it.
4: Hi, everyone. This is Abby Branch from Denver, Colorado. My question for What's the Difference is, while both have you use a queue.
5: What's the difference between pool and billiards? Love the show. Thanks.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Abby. Uh, by the way, the question was also submitted by Randy Rogie. All right, Steph, you heard it. What is the difference between pool and billiards?
2: Billiards has bigger bowls and bigger... Sticks, which is just
0: how I like it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay, to each one's own. Uh, All right, we've got Steph's answer. We don't know yet if she's entirely correct. and if you don't think she's got it just right, you can steal. Anything you want to change or add?
3: Uh, Billiards has uh, you play on a larger table Mm -hmm. with um, less colors of, of the balls. Okay. On a pool table, it's a bit smaller with all different colors, and um, each player gets a certain size ball, like you can have big circles on one ball and small circles on another ball in pool.
0: All right. Well, this segment is behind the eight ball. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts.
1: Here are the facts. The main differences in the standard games of pool and billiards are, (laughs) wait for it, length, pockets, and balls. Because standard pool tables are shorter, have six pockets, and use nine to 16 balls, depending on the game. Standard billiards tables are longer, have no pockets, and use only three balls. Also, billiards are a generic term for any game played on a table with cues and balls. And yes, I do like saying balls this often.
0: Balls. (laughs) Uh, That's right. Now, pool tables can be converted into billiard tables with a conversion kit that blocks the holes or pockets with cushions, but it's not a perfect conversion because a tournament billiards table is nine feet long, and the most common pool table is eight feet long. That's eight with a capital E, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for podcast. Helen, how did our guest do? I
1: think I'm going to give Andy one point. Because you did get the difference in the table size. You did say pool tables are smaller. Um, Unfortunately, it has nothing to do with the different colored balls. And, Steph, I'm afraid the size of the balls has no bearing on this. Yeah, because it's how you use
2: the table.
0: Yeah, yeah is you exactly. think. as I've always said it's how you exactly. use them. Exactly. All right. Up next in pool queue is Andy. Andy, while you may wait in one in order to play at your local billiards parlor, what's the difference between standing in a queue of people and a line of people? A queue and a line of people.
3: Well, in a queue, it goes around and a little, um, um, like a little thing at the bottom. <laughs> yes, like shaped shape like a, the letter Q.
0: I think you're thinking. Yeah,
3: of. it's yeah. a weird formation to stand in but it's Mm -hmm. fun because you get to talk to people on the other side of the queue Uh in a line um you can only talk to the person in front and behind
0: (laughs) all right well that is an answer that we had from andy and yet we somehow don't know if he's exactly right steph anything you'd like to change your ad
2: oh if you're in a line you don't have to be waiting for something if you're in a
0: queue you are waiting for something ah okay very good All right, well, this segment needs to take its cue and exit. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts.
1: Here are the facts. The main difference is where people are standing. Because in general, in North America, it's called a line. In just about every other part of the English-speaking world, like Australia, it's a queue. Of course, outside North America, line can be used for people who are lined up but who are not necessarily waiting their turn, like in a soldier's military formation or in line dancing, or ideally in soldiers going line dancing.
0: Yes, we all would like to see that. Uh, That's right. Now, we do sort of use the term queue in North America. Places like airports and amusement parks have queuing areas where you zigzag in between queue posts and ropes and a queue starts with a queue which is next to P and stands for podcast. How did our guest do, Helen?
1: (laughs) Okay, so one point for Steph because, Steph, you did say you don't have to necessarily be waiting for something in line like in line dancing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so one point for Steph.
0: All right, one point for Steph. So, Helen, what's our score at the end of that round?
1: At the end of that round, Steph Tisdell has one point and Andy Saunders has one point. Very
0: close game. But those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. I like beef. I don't eat fish. I like fish. I don't eat beef. Well, I like incredible deals and premium cuts. I like premium cuts and incredible deals. Helen, I just realized we can both get everything we want and nothing we don't thanks to our friends at ButcherBox. Oh, yeah. And so can our listeners. What an incredible epiphany we both just had. (laughs) You can easily find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust delivered right to your door.
1: ButcherBox offers curated and customized box plans, so no beef for me, no fish for Jake Keith. Plus, recipe inspiration, guides, tips, and hacks included in every box.
0: I am still thinking about that incredible ribeye roast that I made for a dinner party earlier this year. I got everything I needed directly from ButcherBox. It was so easy and so delicious.
1: I'm still thinking about these, like, pre-packs of chicken breast with bone-in chicken breast that I used to make a really nice chicken soup you Ooh. know because a lot of you know that i've been ill
0: so i've been mm-hmm. wanting chicken soup and it's great chicken soup for the soul and for the body <laughs> hey ButcherBox is giving us a special deal sign up today using code go fact to receive ground beef for a year
1: plus twenty dollars off your first order
0: that's two pounds of ground beef free in every box for a year
1: Plus $20 off your first order. Did you hear me when I said that? $20 off your first order when you sign up at ButcherBox.com GoFact and use code GoFact.
0: And that's why we say,
1: thank, thank you, you
0: ButcherBox.
1: Butcher
5: my fellow graduates, for 500 episodes, my podcast, The JV Club with Janet Varney, has gathered story after story of all the scandalous things we've done
2: throughout our childhoods. Wait, what's
5: Stories like how Jamila Jamil survived a horrific house party and she was on crutches. Or how Hal Lublin learned a Shakespearean monologue in his pajamas.
0: This is not the speech we approve.
5: Without your love and life tragedies, there would be no podcast. In fact, I'll have an exclusive look at how Maggie Lawson's mom confronted her after a sneaky basement meetup with her crush. Spill
0: the tea, JV.
5: Security! Uh, uh, Listen to the JV Club with Janet Varney, Thursdays on Maximum Fun!
1: Class of... Forever! Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself with our guests, Steph Tisdell and Andy Saunders. Once again, here's Jake Keith Van Stratton.
0: Thank you, Helen. All right, Steph, of your many interests, you told us that you know and love orchids, parrots, and Dr. Phil. Let's find out a little bit about each one of those first. Tell us what. I'm sorry. I, I just love that combination. I'm not mocking you. I, I just legitimately love that combination. Oh my Let's find out a little bit more about each of those first. Tell us what orchids mean to you.
2: I fall into rabbit holes and go hard mm-hmm. and I went down this hardcore orchid rabbit hole <laughs> when I accidentally fell into a YouTube video that was like 20 of the most interesting orchid species in the world and i was like i need to know everything about orchids right now
0: (laughs) very cool i love that enthusiasm (laughs) uh all right and then tell us why it is that you know and love parrots
2: i'm absolutely Mm -hmm. obsessed with parrots i have two parrots they're blue-fronted amazons i grew up with birds my first family bird drowned in the toilet that's a weird fact about me no Um, wow it's so bad isn't it um (laughs) Because we all loved that bird, and my dad was so sad, and had to tell us all about it. He made us all go into the bathroom, and he's like, "I just want to let you know we've um we found Ronnie, but I'm gonna I don't know when it happened, and so he was there doing little compressions on it, blowing no! into it. And he, oh,
0: that's sweet. This is the
2: sweetest thing. Yeah. And it was like, Dad, it's he's stiff. Like he's 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 dead. Yeah.
0: Okay, but I just want to point out your current parrots are in great shape and are being yes. loved. Okay, great.
2: They are they get so much love. They travel the country with me. I don't fly anywhere. Oh no kidding. I just bought a bigger car so I can have their cage in the back. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
0: All right, and then finally Steph, you said that you know and love Dr. Phil.
2: It's real bad, man. Like I am obsessed. I don't necessarily know if I think he's the best therapist <laughs> cuz but he mm-hmm. just has he's just really entertaining to me. He's always just going like today's going to be a you know a changing day in your life and um, mm-hmm. he's always he has so many phrases that just make me laugh and i go this he just feels like a bit of a hillbilly from <laughs> from the south and he's always saying that i'm just an old country boy from the south
1: according to a lot of um, bona fide therapists, they're like, yeah, he, he is a hillbilly and he
2: doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about. That's kind of why I started watching him, because again, <laughs> on one of my weird YouTube deep dives, I saw somebody like exposing him and I was like, yes, I am here
0: for it. Well, to summarize, Steph, you said you know and love orchids, parrots and Dr. Phil. Today, we're going to quiz you about parrots.
2: Yay, that's my best
0: known one. <laughs> Awesome. How would you describe the two parrots that you have? What's their personality like? Obviously, they're pretty patient if they can be in a car with you for hours at a time.
2: One of them is really mean, but he's actually not. He's just super bonded to me and really anxious. Mm -hmm. The other one is the sweetest bird in the entire world, but really clingy. And actually, Mm -hmm. my original, my oldest parrot attacked my housemate yesterday, and she has to go to the doctor about it today because her whole finger swelled right up.
0: But that's... (laughs) Well, we know if she needs compression, your dad is on the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. right. <laughs> All right. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in your topic of parrots with an expert level question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love even more, here are five trivia questions about your topic, each worth one point. Now, if you want it, you're allowed to hint for any two of these five questions. Now, Andy, do listen closely because if Steph answers incorrectly, you can steal. Andy, by the way, how much do you know about parrots? So much. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see if uh, Steph gives you a chance to show off that confident knowledge.
1: He made legit face for our listeners. He, his face was completely legit. <laughs>
3: legit face. That's a new movie coming out, is Resting
0: it? legit face. Here's question number one. Steph, from Peppa Pig to Pirates of the Caribbean to President Andrew Jackson, one name has become so associated with parrots that it's actually a dictionary definition for a parrot, whether it won a cracker or not. What is this name? Polly. Helen?
1: That is correct. That is
0: correct. You're on the board. Very nice. Fun fact, President Jackson's parrot's name was Paul without the Y, and it holds the distinction of being the only parrot to be kicked out of a president's funeral for swearing. So far. Amazing. (laughs) I love that it swore
2: because that meant that he taught it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you learned it somewhere. All right, here's question number two. At the beginning of Alfred Hitchcock's film, The Birds, Rod Taylor's character buys a couple of parrots for his sister. This species of parrot is often sold in pairs, and when they are sold singly, they will often bond very strongly with their owners. What is the common name of these small, affectionate parrots? Lovebirds. Helen? Helen?
1: That is correct. That is
0: correct. You are two for two. Feeling the joy. Fun fact, Rod Taylor's sister in The Birds was played by Veronica Cartwright, who talked about working on that movie on episode 28 of Go Fact Yourself. Also, Rod Taylor was from Australia. Amazing. Amazing. We've got a theme going by accident. Well. All right. (laughs) Here's question number three. Like cuckoos, woodpeckers, and ospreys, parrots have zygodactyl feet. What is characteristic of zygodactyl feet which makes them different from the feet of other birds?
2: Is it that they have the back claw or curved nails?
0: Helen? No, I'm afraid not. No, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Andy, with a chance to steal.
3: They have a toe that allows them to wear a pair of (laughs) (laughs) flip-flops.
0: Helen?
1: That's correct. No, it's not. Well, no, no. No, it's
0: (laughs) not. You were sort of on the right track, Andy. Uh, They have two toes facing forward and two toes facing backward. That is what zygodactyl refers to. Two facing forward, two facing backward. Fun fact, that arrangement of two toes facing forward and two toes facing backward helps parrots get a firmer grip on a perch or apparently on Steph's housemate.
3: Or on a pair of... Birkenstocks.
0: Or on a pair of Birkenstocks, yes. But Birkenstocks are not uh, what we would call flip-flops here. So maybe it's uh, lost in translation. All right, no point there. Let's see if you can bounce back with question number four, Steph. You do still have your two hints available. According to National Geographic, there are more than 350 species of parrot. But which of the following is not one of them? Is it the orange-bellied parrot, the brown-winged parrot, the green-thighed parrot, the speckle-faced parrot or the elegant parrot? The hint, please. Helen, how about that first hint?
1: The elegant parrot is a type of parrot. Okay. The
2: green-thighed
1: parrot.
0: Helen, is it the green-thighed parrot?
1: It is not the green-thighed
0: no, parrot. No, I'm terribly sorry. Andy, with another chance to steal. It has to be the speckled faced parrot. Helen, is it the speckle-faced parrot?
1: Does it have to be? No, it doesn't.
0: It does not. No, Andy, that legit face is betraying your uh, your answers. It, I should have said it could be. It could <laughs> <laughs> be, and is yet it is brown, not.
2: Is it the brown? It was the brown-winged, the yeah, brown-winged
0: like, parrot we made it up.
2: It with my gut.
0: That's all right. Fun fact, the orange-bellied parrot is Australia's most endangered bird, with fewer than 50 of them known to be in the wild. Other species of parrot include the burrowing parrot, the bald parrot, and the blaze-winged parrot.
1: I want to know what makes the elegant parrot so elegant.
0: Like, uh, yeah, if they if you have to ask.
2: <laughs> 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 That's so cool. It's the supreme parrot as well. There's yeah, there's a lot of great, really great names. Finally,
0: here's question number five. You do still have another hint available. Parrots live for a very long time. Although Guinness World Records certifies that a cockatoo in Chicago was the oldest parrot ever at age 83, the Sydney Morning Herald reported that a cockatoo in Australia named Cocky lived to what much riper old age? And we'll give it to you within five. Can I take a hint? All right, Helen, how about that second hint?
1: In kilometers, it's about the distance from Sydney to Morissette. In miles, it's about the distance from Los Angeles to
2: San Diego. It's over 100. I think it's like hundred and. Five or 102 or something like that.
0: Uh, We do need a specific answer, please. Oh,
2: sorry. Let's go 102. Helen? Are you sure you don't want to say 105? I'm going to say 105.
1: Okay. Then you're still not correct.
0: Damn it. (laughs) Oh, wow. Helen, I've never seen such. I'm sorry. (laughs) I loved it. No, no. Andy with another chance to steal.
3: Here we go. It's got to be 102.
0: Helen? Also not correct. Oh, oh, the double fake from Helen Hong. How about uh
1: this legit face,
0: huh? (laughs) (laughs) No, believe it or not, cocky according to the Sydney Morning Herald lived to be 120 years old. 120 years old. Uh, Fun fact, Cocky lived from 1796 to 1916, much of it at the Seabreeze Hotel at Tom Ugly's Point Blakehurst. He was known for his patter, including saying, one at a time, gentlemen, please, when he was being harassed by other birds.
2: Oh, my God. Cute.
0: Yes, in case you're looking for something else to uh, teach your birds. One at a time, gentlemen, please.
3: If I had a dollar for every time I'd said that.
0: (laughs) All right, Steph, that was a lot of fun, but now here is your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. We'll be bringing on an expert to discuss your response. Steph, Dr. Irene Pepperberg has written extensively about parrot behavior and psychology. The focus of much of her study was a particular bird who traveled with her from university to university and became the topic of her New York Times bestselling book. For up to three points, what was the bird's name, which was sort of an acronym of Dr. Pepperberg's work as an avian language experiment? Next, what species of parrot native to countries like Uganda, Angola, and Cameroon was he? And what was one of the four prestigious American universities where he lived?
2: Okay, that is Alex the Gray. Mm -hmm. He's an African gray. And, oh, I don't know. I think maybe it was Stanford. Did I see that he was... I've actually watched a little documentary about Alex the Grey, and I I, I cried when he died. Oh, no. Yes. I'm going to go with Stanford. Stanford?
0: Stanford University. Yeah. All right. Well, Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight?
1: Joining us tonight is an award-winning animal psychologist and behaviorist whose groundbreaking work includes a New York Times bestselling book. It's Dr. Irene Pepperberg. Get out!
2: there is no
0: way hello dr pepperberg hi
2: oh my god (laughs) nice to meet you nice to meet you too this is like i'm fangirling this is so weird you taught him so many amazing things and then i don't know if this is correct or not but it was like you didn't have a great bond with him or you felt like he didn't he would be like no i don't want to do that sort of thing and then one time when you left when he was with somebody else he said I love you, or something, or come back, or something like that. Oh. Yeah. No, we did have a great bond, but he got oh. to the point
5: where he sometimes really just didn't want to do the trials, and he would give me all the wrong
0: answers in a row. <gasps> in, order to, in order to troll you, pretty much.
5: And so, basically, when he would do that, I would just say, I'm sorry, I'm late. You know, I wouldn't say anything. I would say, other than I basically say, okay, that's it, I'm leaving, and not, you know, walk away. And he'd give yes. this little pathetic I'm
2: sorry. Oh my god To get me to come back, yeah. Do you miss him? Oh yes. Yeah. Um, and did did he live with you or was it just sorry, now this is just
0: No 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 I love it.
2: I mean I, mean, I yeah.
5: did bring him home once or twice, but you know, he basically lived in the lab.
0: Well, let me give a little bit of background to, to, to some of our listeners who aren't as familiar with your work as uh, Steph is. Uh, not only are you this best-selling author, but you've published several important papers. Uh, you've received Guggenheim and Whitehall fellowships and of course many wow. grants from the National Science Foundation. You've lectured all around the world and obviously your work has made it as far as Australia. <laughs> what I was so curious about is that when you first started working with, whom we now know to be Alex the parrot, you actually had several degrees in chemistry, including a doctorate in theoretical chemistry from Harvard. How did you go from that to studying animal behavior in psychology, especially in birds.
5: Well, I have birds as a hobby, Mm -hmm. you know, as my pets. So I was very bonded to them and they talked to me. And fast forward, I'm at Harvard, I'm getting my doctorate, and I realized that I really didn't like what I was doing. And there were two Mm. reasons. One was that in the 1970s, the computers we had were pretty pathetic. And I knew that what was taking me seven years was probably gonna in the future take, you know, somebody, I thought maybe seven weeks. Of course now it's probably, you know, seven nanoseconds. Right. <laughs> just, wow. just didn't see this as a good future. And second, in the seventies the field was so incredibly sexist. Mm. The chances of my getting an actual professorship were nil. I mean they just literally would say to us, well there aren't any women that could, you know, get a professorship at Harvard. And I'm going like, you're training us, you're giving us PhDs. And you're saying we're not qualified?
2: Mm -hmm. So in
5: the middle of all this, I'm watching NOVA programs on BBC Horizon, seeing things on why do birds sing and studies on the signing chimps and on dolphins that were using, you know, basically vocalizations to communicate with humans. And I'm going like, wait a minute, why don't they use birds? Birds can talk. And that's, you know, that's what started me down the path.
0: It's so interesting because it it seems so natural now to study birds and their cognition. But um, at the time, this was like a crazy idea. Um, Tell us the response you got to your first grant request. Yeah, my
5: first grant proposal, they literally asked me what I was smoking. (laughs) No. I mean, this is the National Science Foundation or or National Institute of Health. 10, 15 years later, I'm giving a talk and I mention this anecdote. And somebody raised their hand at the end of the talk and and basically admits to having written that and apologizes. (gasps) Oh, that's so interesting. We actually became friends after that. I
2: actually (laughs) wanted to ask you a question, if that's okay, Irene. Do you know, I follow a lot of parrots on social media and stuff because i I'm obsessed. Is it weird for you looking at that, knowing that you were the start of that? There's like, there's a bird that does with his trainer. um, He knows metal and plastic and paper and colors. Apollo. Yes. Apollo. Yes. (laughs) How is it for you? Like when you see on social media, people just being like, Oh my God, this cute bird. You're like, man, I did that. Yes. But you know, it's just fun that people have been able
5: to take my work and take it further or, build on it or do different things. I mean, it's really exciting. So how mm. did
0: you prove that parrot weren't just mimicking humans, but they actually had their own, I guess, what, cognition and, and ideas and vocabulary?
5: By doing tons and tons of studies where you eliminated very carefully the possibility of simply mimicking. Mm. You basically so teach them things like, for example, colors and shapes and numbers and sizes. Mm. And then we would give Alex two objects, and I'd say, you know, What's same? What's different? Things like that. And he couldn't do it unless he understood my question. And he had to have this repertoire to choose the appropriate answer.
0: Very cool. Well, you ended up uh, naming a foundation after Alex. That's something that uh, recently celebrated the 45 year anniversary of. Congratulations on that. Um, I know that uh, the Alex Foundation is there to support avian cognition and uh, conservation. What kind of projects are happening there uh, nowadays?
5: Well, we're working on something called inference by exclusion, which is figuring out where something is after you're given information about where it's not.
0: Is that sort of like object permanence that people talk about with uh, children?
5: The simplest version is you have two cups. You show the animal that they're both empty. You put up a screen. You say, look, I'm hiding something under some cup. You know, they don't know which one Mm -hmm. is. You remove the screen. You show them, look, this one is empty and they should go to the other one turns out that's incredibly too simple and we're up to something like four (laughs) cups and whatever but you get the idea we're looking at optical illusions we're Mm. doing a study um it's basically interesting so we did a a version of this it's the shell game on steroids Mm. you have like four little colored pom-poms and you cover them with four black little cups and then you start swapping them all around and only after four swaps, you you know, pick up one thing, you pick up another one, you say, find the yellow one. Wow. It's really, really hard. And Alex, excuse me, Griffin or an other bird, Griffin mm-hmm. basically outperformed Harvard undergraduates on all but four cups and four swaps.
1: What? What? No. <laughs> Can Griffin what? do my taxes? <laughs>
3: yes. No,
2: we can't do your taxes. But I'm uh, secretly no. hoping but, that Andy, your specialist thing is also parrots, just so that we can keep talking to it. <laughs>
3: <our laughs> <laughs> now well, I do. Yeah. Hey, you should collab with Steph and do uh, parrot stunties.
0: Yes, parrot stunties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, what's your opinion about taking a pair of parrots on a long road trips in a car in Australia?
5: If you can get away with it. And- Fine. <laughs> in the States, it's really hard to find hotels that. I know all of them in Australia.
0: You know all the parrot friendly hotels. Oh, I
2: absolutely do. We'll, we'll definitely wow. have to connect you
0: to after the show. <laughs> all right, well, let's get to the reason we brought Dr. Pepperberg here as far as our game is concerned. First, we want to know what was that bird's name that someone named Dr. Irene Pepperberg had worked with and written about. Helen, what did Steph say?
1: Steph said, Alex the Great.
0: And Dr. Pepperberg? And that's correct, of course. That is correct, of course, for the point. Very nice, Steph. Next, we wanted to know what species of parrot was Alex? And Helen, what did Steph say?
1: Steph said an African gray.
0: And Dr. Pepperberg? And That's correct. That's correct as well, also known as a Congo gray, I believe. Finally, we wanted to know what was one of the four prestigious American universities where Alex lived? Helen, what did Steph say?
1: Steph said Stanford University. Never been in California.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. No point there. What were the universities where Alex got to spend time?
5: Purdue, Northwestern, Brandeis, and MIT.
0: Ah, okay. University of
5: Arizona, which was a fifth, actually, but yes.
2: Oh,
0: okay. Um, I've
2: only ever heard of MIT, so... Of those,
0: So <laughs> Well, Doctor Pepperberg, it's so wonderful to have you here, Steph. I know you've asked a bunch of questions. Is there anything else you'd like to ask or say to the doctor while we have her here?
2: I'm just so so blown away by you. Thank you for doing what you do. Like I I've watched and read all about Alex because I love teaching my I train my birds every morning. Oh, cool! Um, and it, it's my favorite thing. And I they're so smart, and I'm just so glad that the world on a scientific level recognizes how smart they are, because I get very excited. I always show people the documentary about Alex, and my birds are my entire life. And um, I just want to say thank you. And I can't believe that I get to meet you like this. So thank you you so much for your yarns today.
0: Dr. Pepperberg, it's so wonderful that you joined us. If people want to find out more about you and the work you do, where can they do that?
5: Alexfoundation.org.
0: Excellent. Well, congratulations on the work you do. And thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Irene Pepperberg. Thank you so much. All right, Helen, what is our score at the end of that round?
1: At the end of that round, Steph Tisdell has five points and Andy Saunders has one point with a round of questions for Andy coming up.
0: That's right. We're going to talk with Andy about a topic he knows about. Plus later, Steph and Andy will go head to head in our fast facts round, all to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. Who wants unpalatable and unwholesome nutrition products in inconvenient formats? Not our listeners.
1: Nope. Soylent, the original food tech company, makes delicious and nutritious nutrition products in convenient formats.
0: The folks at Soylent don't think Soylent should replace all your meals. I mean, nutritionally it can, but they're focused more on the times when you just don't feel like you can cook. You know, like if you're hungover, you want to sleep in, or if you're struggling with a mental or physical health issue that prevents you from being able to cook.
1: Like having a toddler who gives you a new disease every week.
0: That is another fine example.
1: (laughs) If you're looking to complete your food plan, check out Soylent Complete Energy. It's not your typical energy drink. It's a complete nutrition shake to fuel your mind and body. Formulated with a proprietary blend that has 15 grams of plant-based protein and 39 essential nutrients, a delicious way to keep you going throughout the day without sugar highs and
0: lows. You're going to love the rich and creamy chocolatey goodness of their best-selling nutrient-packed complete meal. It's perfect for breakfast, lunch, or anytime you need a nutritious meal that's delicious.
1: I've had it. It's tasty. So go to Soylent.com slash GoFact and use code GoFact to get 20% off your first order. That's Soylent.com slash GoFact and use code GoFact for 20% off your first order.
0: You might hear a cricket behind me, but don't let that distract you from our saying, Thank thank you, you, Soylent. Soylent.
1: Parenting. It's hard, but don't worry. You're not alone. Belly up to the low bar with One Bad Mother and let us remind you that fine
0: is good enough. They want to climb on different things. And how am I supposed to keep them both from dying? (laughs) There is a right way to do this.
2: And if I can figure out that right way, I'm going to be a good parent. So that is not
4: a
1: thing. So join us each week and let us tell you that you are doing a good job. You can listen to One Bad Mother on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself with our guests, Steph Tisdell and Andy Saunders. Once again, here's Jake Keith Van Straten.
0: Thank you so much, Helen. All right, Andy, of your many interests, you told us that you know and love surfing, the movie Avatar, and time travel. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First, tell us what you know and love about surfing.
3: I've been surfing pretty much all my life, and as a uh, rapidly aging Aboriginal male, I love surfing because it gives me an overall exercise and, you know, it's a lot of cardio and strength and a lot of breathing exercises. It's, it's, it's an amazing sport. I love it.
0: All right, Andy, you also said that you know and love the movie Avatar.
3: I have to admit it has a similar story as uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. And, oh, okay. um, and that's why I think Australia has such a short memory. Um, Mm. because I'll go in there and they'll say, I've never seen a story like it. It's amazing.
0: And you're like, oh, hello, Hello. what about us? (laughs) Hey, (laughs) are
3: we chop liver?
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Remember when we had a nice place and then you all came in and uh, tried to chop it down? Remember? Very interesting. (laughs) I I hadn't considered that perspective. All right. And then finally, Andy, tell us what you know and love about time travel.
3: Not a thing. I just uh, know that if I had a chance to get in that space and take advantage of it, Mm I'd love to go back. Like a lot of people want to go back and sort of eradicate the things that were really bad in history, like mm-hmm. Hitler, all of those types of things. And, but I'd love to be in places where people were trying things for the first time.
0: Oh, like what? You
3: know, like imagine the face someone had when they first ate pizza. Like, mm. uh... Or they said, oh, Trevor, you got to come over to my house. Trev, this thing I made has got cheese on it. It's amazing.
2: (laughs) Imagine somebody um, milking a cow. And they're like, oh, oh, actually, maybe I'll drink that.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Who drank it? See, these are the things. These are the things.
0: Let somebody else deal with Hitler. (laughs) All right. So, Andy, to summarize, you said you know and love surfing, the movie Avatar, and time travel. Today we want to quiz you about Surfing.
3: Yes, that's what I know the most about.
0: Oh, wonderful. Okay. So where have you been able to surf in Australia?
3: Oh, look, I've surfed um, most of the east coast of Australia, Mm -hmm. um, all the way up to um, sort of southeast Queensland, all the way down to maybe the um, Victorian border. Mm -hmm. My favorite place to surf is my own um, uh, cultural country, which is Beripoy country. And there's a right-hand point break called Saltwater Point Mm -hmm. It's around about probably a three-minute drive from my house. Oh, um, that's nice. And when it works, it just works perfectly. And I just feel at home and I feel safe and close and connected to my country when I surf there.
0: That's so lovely. Just ahead, we're going to list the help of a bona fide expert in your topic with our question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love, here are five trivia questions about it, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed to hint for any two of these five questions. Now, Steph, do listen closely, because if Andy answers incorrectly, you can steal. Steph, by the way, how much do you know about surfing?
2: Absolutely nothing. I'm terrified of the ocean. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, we, we appreciate your. We always appreciate ignorance in song. <laughs>
3: I remember, I remember um, uh, when I was, um, I took a group of uh, young kids to Byron Bay as for like a, um, a surf camp about surf retail, about uh, surfboard making when mm-hmm. I, was, uh, I was working in education. And if I could be blunt, they're hippies up that way. They, they are really, really close to the earth and they're, they're loving and they're open and they're, they're great. And this uh, surf coach um, teacher said, all right, I said, um, we're going to go out here and we're going to surf on these surfboards and look, everyone watch each other. But listen, if, and he was really serious about this, he said, if one of you are being attacked by a shark, mm-hmm. don't keep it to yourself.
0: <laughs> Sound advice.
3: So you just try and visualize. Yeah. Um, the bottom half of you is going like this <laughs> and uh, your friends are going, what's going on with you? Uh, nothing. You'll see.
0: <laughs> All right. Helen <laughs> is very much enjoying that anecdote.
2: Put that on stage, Eddie. That's hilarious.
0: We got to have Helen in the front row. That's great. I'm sorry. It's so,
2: it's so ridiculous. <laughs>
0: All right. Here's question number one about surfing. Andy, when you think surfing, it's understandable to think surf music and even more understandable to think of one particular band whose hits included Surfin', Surfin' USA, Surfin' Safari, and Surfer Girl. What Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band is it? It's the Beach Boys. Helen? That is correct. That is correct for the point. Very good. Fun fact, we did an entire topic on surf music with guest Greg Barron on episode 46 of Go Fact Yourself and a topic on just the Beach Boys with guest Margaret Cho on episode 37. All right, here's question number two. The longest running event in competitive surfing started in 1962 and is now known as the Rip Curl Pro Bells Beach. In what country does the Rip Curl Pro Bells Beach take place?
3: Well, it's not Africa; it's Australia.
0: Helen,
1: that is correct.
0: That is correct. Very good. Uh, fun fact: Africa is not a country. I was just. About All right, to number that. three. <laughs> fun fact: Before becoming the Rip Curl Pro in 1973, it was known as the Easter Bells Classic because it was run on Easter. You're two for two, Andy. Here's question number it's- three. Rip Curl is a famous surfing company whose products include surfboards. What is the word for a person who designs and builds surfboards? Can I have a hint, please? Helen, how about that first hint?
1: The Collins Dictionary defines this as a person or thing that shapes, as in, oh, they're in such good shape.
3: Ah, uh, it's a surfboard shaper.
0: Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Excellent use of the hint. Fun fact. One of the most famous and influential shapers was Hobart Alter, whose nickname Hobie can be seen not just on surfboards, but on his famous Hobie catamaran sailboats.
2: That's a very cute name. I want to name my kid that,
0: Hobie. I like Mm. it as well. I I approve. I know you were looking for my approval for what to name your child, and you've gotten (laughs) it, Steph. Congrats. I
2: want to name my kid Shaper.
0: No, I don't. No, I don't. Shaper Hong. All right, Andy, here is question number four. Surf culture in Australia is often traced back to a visit in 1914 by a record-holding swimmer from Hawaii. His demonstrations of surfing were so important that a statue of him now stands at Freshwater Lake in New South Wales. His first name was Duke. Spell his last name. K-A-H-A-N-A-M-O-K-U Helen.
1: That is correct. That is
0: correct. Very nicely done. I would not have said H, but uh, (laughs) that's because we're from the States. But yes, K-A-H or H-A-N-A-M-O-K-U. That, of course, is Duke Kahanamoku, uh, who has that statue there. Uh, Fun fact, you will also find an iconic statue of Duke in Hawaii, which was dedicated just four years before the one in New South Wales. All right, Andy, here's question number five. You still have a hint available. Whether you surf in Australia or anywhere else, you're going to have to use science. There are many forces at play when you're surfing. One is hydrodynamics, which has to do with how pressure is exerted on the board by moving water. The other has to do with how pressure is exerted on the board by water that is not moving. What is that force called? Oh, I didn't know you were going to get so I'm sorry. You can't (laughs) avoid science. I've tried most of my life. I will take the hint. Please Helen. Helen, how about that second hint?
1: As opposed to hydrodynamic, which is water in action, this force sounds like what happens if your water gets too clingy or doesn't get good TV reception.
3: Hydrostatic.
0: Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Very nice deducing, Andy. See, science can be fun. Fun fact, hydrodynamic forces are pretty much the same as aerodynamic forces, and what keeps a surfboard moving in the water while floating is similar to what keeps an airplane wing or a parrot's wing, Steph, floating on the air. Okay. All right, Andy, that was a lot of fun, but now here's your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. We'll be bringing on an expert to discuss your response. Andy, for many years, surfing was thought of as a sport only for men. But in 1957, Frederick Conner wrote a novel about a teenage girl who was introduced to surf culture and decides that it's not just for boys. That novel became a bestseller and was made into a film starring Sandra Dee, which itself was so popular that it led to numerous book, film, and television sequels, including one starring future Oscar winner Sally Field. Frederick Conner based his novel on his daughter Kathy, whose nickname appears in the title of all those properties and who influenced several generations of surfers. So, for up to three points, what nickname given to Kathy by a fellow surfer was in the title of those books, movies, and TV shows? What Los Angeles-area city, known for its beaches and waves, was where Kathy surfed? And what Australian, regarded as the most successful female surfer in history, also had that same nickname as Kathy? Gidget. Okay
3: was the name. Okay.
0: What was the Los Angeles city known for its beaches and waves where Kathy surfed?
3: Huntington Beach.
0: Huntington Beach. All right. And then the Australian regarded as the most successful female surfer in history who had the same nickname as Kathy.
3: There's either Lane Beach, or Steph
1: Gilmore. I'm going to go Lane Beachley.
0: Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight?
1: Joining us tonight is the woman whose love of surfing as a teenager inspired novels, TV shows, movies, and champion surfers. It's the real Gidget, Kathy
0: Zuckerman. Hello, Kathy. Can you hear us? Yes, I can. Oh, it's so wonderful for you to join us. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. I'm excited. Helen, of course, introduced you as Kathy Zuckerman. You, of course, were born, though, as a Coner, your father, Frederick Coner. How did you get the nickname Gidget?
4: One of the boys at Malibu called me Gidget, Um, but I didn't write it in my diary. I mean, I kept my diaries. Here's a picture of my diary page. And I read all through the diaries, but I can't find... Who called me Gidget? So you know what? It's a, You did.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at that. Some, somehow many years ago, I ended up doing that. That's great. Yes. Your father's book was such a massive success. I'm not sure if people today understand what a big cultural impact that it had. What was it like as a teenager seeing your nickname Gidget and then some of your life and your vocabulary enter the pop culture like that?
4: I didn't even know what pop culture was at the time. <laughs> so uh... But now I'm really jazzed about it. You know, people yeah. say... Um, what's one of the expressions that you used? And I'd say, mm-hmm. well, low tide at the boo, stay out of the soups, mm-hmm. don't drop in on me.
0: Wow. Those, came, those came from you. Now you bought your first surfboard from someone who became a famous shaper. Uh, that was Mike Doyle, I understand.
4: I bought my first surfboard from Mike Doyle for $35. He wow. brought it over to yeah. my house in Schmidt.
3: My last three surfboards were, I think, eleven hundred
0: dollars each wow,
5: wow.
0: <laughs> how good of a surfer were you
2: oh i was bitching <laughs> 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 ah, <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> that's going into my vocabulary now that's
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but you stopped when you went to college how come uh, how come you set it aside
4: well it was something i did as a as a teenager you know um have to hang out somewhere so they didn't have AA club meetings at the time <laughs> <laughs> i went to the boo i called it malibu the boo mm-hmm. like every day that i possibly could but then i went away to college the movie gidget with sandra d and james darren and cliff robertson mm. came out in 1959 the summer of 1959 i went to hawaii Mm-hmm. and somebody stole my surfboard. They bought ah. my surfboard, and I never saw it again. So. Oh, no.
0: Well, Kathy, you mentioned that uh, you've been revisiting your diary pages. Are you working on a project that involves them?
4: I am. I'm working on a project with a writer named Ken Lezebnik. I work at the Duke restaurant named after Duke Hanamoku. and uh, Ken was working at Pepperdine, came to visit me and said, I'm a writer, and I love to see those diary pages. It's been going on for a number of years now, but we're still working on them.
0: That's so cool. What, what's it like to revisit diary pages from when you were a teenager?
4: It's a lot of fun. Actually, my husband's also helping edit it. And he said, you're always in love. Is there ever mm. a time when you weren't in love or he loves me? And then you said right
2: now.
0: Uh, uh, and i understand you actually found the entry from the first time you went surfing
4: i did you want me to read it to you oh yeah we love it yes please dear diary it was june 24th 1956 so how many years ago is that Wow. wow dear diary i didn't do too much but go to the beach i didn't think i'd have fun but i met matt and he took me out on his surfboard he let me catch the waves by myself and once I fell off and the board went flying in the air, I didn't get hurt at all. He also rode the waves with me. And then I rode the board in alone. The surf hasn't been high at all.
1: I hope Matt will take me surfing again. Yep. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like a superhero origin story. Yes. <laughs> like, but like so much cuter.
3: Kathy, did, did you get much um, negative feedback from um, male surfers back in the time when you were surfing as one of the
0: first female surfers?
4: They did once throw a pineapple in my face. Um, they once- oh. I
0: would call that negative feedback. Yeah, that's negative <laughs> yeah. feedback. Yeah, I think so.
4: They buried my surfboard and then once they disconnected the distributor of my car so I couldn't go home.
0: Oh gosh, oh. No. Well, that, that could have been because well, they wanted you to stick around.
4: They wanted my girlfriend to stick around.
0: Ah, okay. <laughs> there you go. There was a wonderful documentary made about you called "Accidental Icon." What did you think about someone making a documentary about you?
4: Well, I'm enjoying it now because now it's somewhat part of history because so mm-hmm. many of the people that I surf with are not alive anymore.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, Dale Velze made my surfboards. Uh, the the Kahuna character. You know, the my friends. I'm a lo- lone survivor. You know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're you're not just surviving; you're thriving.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm thriving. Exactly. Thriving.
0: All right, Kathy, let's get to the reason we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard okay. the question that we asked of Andy. First, we wanted to know what nickname was given to Kathy, then Koner. That was the title of the books, movies, and TV shows that her father had started writing. Helen, what did Andy say?
1: Andy said... Gidget
0: and Kathy. That's correct. That is correct. Of yeah. course, it was Gidget. Next, we want to know what Los Angeles area city known for its beaches and waves was where Kathy surfed. Helen, what did Andy say? Andy said Huntington Beach. And I exactly. knew it should have been Malibu. Well, Kathy, what was it? In fact,
4: it was Malibu.
0: It was Malibu. Sorry. <laughs> was, no point. there. Yeah.
4: And we don't we didn't call it Surf Riders Beach. We called it the boo.
0: The boo. I love it. All right. Sorry. No point there. And finally, wanted to know what Australian regarded as the most successful female surfer in history also had that same nickname as Kathy. Helen, what did Andy say?
1: Andy said Lane Beachley. And? And correct.
0: That is correct for the point. Very good. What did you think about Kathy when you heard that Lane Beachley also had the nickname Gidget?
4: She's a lot better than the Taco Bell doggy.
0: <laughs> That's true.
4: That was called Gidget.
0: <laughs> yes, good point. <laughs> I didn't ask you about that one. <laughs> and you actually got to meet her as well. I saw you two together during that documentary.
4: I did. I got. That's to wonderful. Meet her. Yes, it was.
0: Great. Kathy,
3: did you did you uh, get a chance opportunity to see uh, Lane surf?
4: I did not get to see her surf, but I saw bits of her surfing in the documentary, but not in in person. No.
3: She's bitching. <laughs> <laughs>
4: and, and my other friend is pt town and he's bitching too and he's an australian he, and i see oh, him a cool. lot
0: Very oh, nice cool. one. kathy it's been so wonderful for you to join us if people want to find out more about you and what you're up to uh, is there a website or social media people can go to
4: i think you can find me on facebook but you know i don't do the instagram or social media Got it.
1: you really are i won't do the math and try to guess how old you are 82 you... oh my what? god What? yeah i'm gonna be 82 I mean I w- I hope to be as vivacious as you are at 62 or 52. <laughs> yeah. Like you're yeah. amazing. Yeah, I hope I'm as vivacious as you at
0: 32.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so I have to I'll, I'll tell you that Gidget, the novel Gidget's just been released in Germany. So now my Picture Grace's bookstores in Germany and wow. it's being released in Spain and in Catalan. So now I'm there's a Spanish Gidget.
0: Wow. I'm excited for the Germans to learn about Das Gidget. Das Gidget. Yeah. Das Gidget. Das Gidget. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. It's Kathy Zuckerman, the original Gidget. Thank you, Aloha. Kathy.
1: Aloha Aloha and
0: mahalo. And mahalo. All right, Helen, what are the scores we head into the final round?
1: At the end of that round, Steph Tisdell has five points and Andy Saunders has eight points.
0: All right, now it is time for our final round we call Fast Facts. I'll read 10 statements and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Steph and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. Again, please answer each statement with true or false. Here we begin. Steph, there are parts of Australia called the Outback. True. True. Correct. Andy, there is a chain of Australia-inspired steakhouses called Outback Steakhouse. False.
1: Incorrect.
0: No, there really are. Steph, despite its inspiration, there are no Outback Steakhouse locations in Australia. False. Correct. Andy, there are only two Outback Steakhouse locations in Australia. False. False. Correct. Yeah, there are seven. Steph, the kids' menu there's
2: at... Who in my city.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steph, the kids' menu at Outback Steakhouse in Australia is called the Joey menu. True. Correct. Yes, Joey, of course, a baby marsupial like a kangaroo, koala, or wombat. Andy, the kids' menu at Outback Steakhouse in America is also called the Joey menu. True. Correct. Yeah, we, we have Joey's too. Steph, there's a specials menu at Outback Steakhouse in America called Aussie Tizers. Oh, God, I bet that's true.
2: Uh, that is correct.
0: Yes, and I apologize. Andy, there's a specials menu at Outback Steakhouse in America called The Great Barrier Eats.
1: It
3: has to be true.
1: It is absolutely true.
0: Again, I apologize. Steph, there's a cocktail at Outback Steakhouse in America called a Pina Koala. True. Correct. Again, my apologies. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, there's a cocktail at Outback Steakhouse in America called a Wallaby Darned. Oh. And it will all be darned. False. Correct. Yeah. Steph, the Wallaby Darned is on the Outback Steakhouse menu in Australia. False. Incorrect. No, it really is. Andy, and that's just one more reason why Australia is awesome. True. Correct. All right. We're not going to count those last two. I want to thank Steph and Andy so much for joining us as Helen tabulates the final score. Helen, are you ready to announce today's winner?
1: I am. At the end of the game, Steph Tisdell has 10 points and Andy Saunders has 12 points.
0: A very nice comeback by Steph. But Andy, you are the facting champion on Go Fact Yourself. Andy, what will you do with your championship?
3: You know what? I always say it doesn't matter how you play the game or who you're playing. It's all about winning in life. You have to win. Okay.
0: okay. So you're going to brag, it sounds like. Yep.
3: Just okay, win. Great. Excellent. At all, like, at all, at all cost. costs, At
0: win. all costs. Excellent. It's always nice to beat your mentee in something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to wrap things up by giving everyone here a chance to mention or promote anything that they're up to. Steph Tisdale, where can people find you and what you're doing?
2: Um, on com, <laughs> or on Instagram at Steph Tisdell Comedy. Uh, tisdell spell T-I-S-D-E-L-L. I've got a show on Amazon at the moment called Class of 07 that that is was great, was doing well in America, actually. It was uh, number two in America for a couple of weeks. Um, definitely worth watching. We're desperately hoping to get a second season, so watch that. Otherwise, I don't know. I'll see you around. Chuck me a message or something.
0: Yeah. Did you say chuck you a message? Yes. Oh, I love that phrase. Yes. Sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. We love uh, I love to learn new things. Well, thank you for chucking yourself here. Steph Tisdell. (laughs) Andy Saunders, where can people find what you're doing? Oh,
3: You could follow on Insta, Andy and Deb. um, Also follow us. um, Give us a chuckers, throw us. um, (laughs) Hurl us a follow on, or a like (laughs) on uh, DNA of design on YouTube. Also DNA of design on Instagram. Myself, Andy Saunders.org and Insta, uh, Andy Saunders Comedy, also on Facebook, Andy Saunders Comedy. I am Dwayne Bennett on TikTok. Uh, I am Dwayne Bennett on Instagram. Yeah, follow me, like Steph follows birds online.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're so happy that both of you joined us all the way from Australia, Steph Tisdell and Andy Saunders. Ladies and gentlemen, my hosting partner is the lovely Helen Hong. Helen, where can people find you?
1: Hey, if you're in San Diego, I am performing at the Mike Drop Comedy Club on June 30th and July 1st. If you're not in San Diego, check out my comedy special, Well Hong, streaming on a bunch of different platforms.
0: Awesome. awesome. Helen Hong. And you can find me on Twitter at J underscore Keith or on Instagram at jkeith.net, all spelled out. That just leaves me to thank Steph Tisdell, Andy Saunders, Dr. Irene Pepperberg, Kathy Zuckerman, and thank you for listening and supporting our show at Max Fun.org. I'm Jakey Fan Stratton. Good night. Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's happening again. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. Meanwhile, please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod. Update our wiki at GoFactorWiki.Fandom.com, and buy our T-shaped shirt and mug-shaped mug at MaxFunStore.com. And give us a great review on your favorite podcast platform, like Angie Loeb did on Apple Podcast. He, she, or they said, love. It's consistently funny and completely amazing to hear people show off their knowledge of their chosen topic. Thanks to Helen and Jay Keith for producing such a fun, interesting, and entertaining show. Aw, oh, thanks, Angie Loeb, for producing such a fun, interesting, and entertaining review. Helen?
1: Thank you, Angie Loeb. Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised and produced by Jim Newman and J. Keith and Stratton and comes to you via transcription from various homes across the world. Questions were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. We are produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. Associate producer and editor and possibly a koala is Julian Burrell. Our show engineer and possibly a kangaroo is dave mckeever our theme song and incidental music were written and performed by jonathan green research assistance provided by adam neediff quiz assistance provided by clint tauscher and brian phillips promotional graphics by erich tran added support from dave bianchi and christine Velada. special thanks to kylie sparrow at a-list entertainment dr linnea newman Joan smeltzer Kurt Carley, and Marvin Zuckerman. I've been Helen Hong!
0: Let's go to Australia!
1: And play the didgeridoo with a wombat!
0: Yes, that's exactly what we do when we go to Australia.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow, 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 wow. Wombat.
1: <laughs> MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
4: Audience supported.